the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. As we head into hour two, let me give out the phone number. Open lines for you, 602-508-0960, Anything on your mind, we're here for you. I also want to uh, remind you of our uh, event, March 26th, Fighting for Freedom. Mike Gallagher, myself, and Officer uh, Tatum, Brandon Tatum, the three of us will uh, be on stage taking your Q&A and talking about the election. Really, the fight for freedom is what the election is all about. That's why we titled it that way. March 26th uh, at uh, Arizona Christian University. We're keeping it um, relatively small so that uh, the interaction can be relatively great um, with you all. You can get tickets at 960thepatriot.com. These things are always fun, and young David will be there as well. We're going to have a great time. And uh, we're going to give away a pair of tickets, right, young David? Uh, That's right. So we'll announce the winner on Friday. Here's how to enter. Uh, email young David. Ddoll for David Dahl. Ddoll, D-O-L-L, at SalemPHX.com. Ddoll at SalemPHX.com. And uh, put uh, FFF, or Fighting for Freedom, in the subject line. Um, and uh, your name, and um, we'll let you know if you are the winner. We'll we'll select by random. We have a whole team here that will take the printed emails. I think you're going to print them, and then we just kind of shuffle them like a deck of cards. And then one person named Gene will blindly pick <laughs> you one know out. More about this than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Gene and I uh, we we caucused on this. We have a whole you system here. You caucused on this. We did. I'm sorry, today is a primary day. It is a primary day. New Hampshire is going to uh, interesting. <clears throat> the voters in New Hampshire are, are tend to be a little bit more liberal, even in the Republican Party, than the voters in Iowa, uh, and especially that is true if you look at um, at the uh, entrance polls. And Donald Trump's going to walk away with it. He'll walk away with the liberal Republican vote as well as the uh, conservative Republican vote, Iowa and New Hampshire combined. That's the race. Um, Nikki Haley says she's staying on. But, you know, Ron DeSantis said he was staying on, too. Um, Probably one of the biggest stories in Arizona politics, especially having to do with the Republican Party going on right now, is a tape that has been released, uh, a tape recording that has been released um, and I don't know if tape recording, it sounds it could have been a digital or a audio, an audio recording. That's how we should call it, what we should call it, an audio recording of a conversation between the chairman of the state GOP and Carrie Lake. It's about a 10-minute audio of um, him meeting with her to try and convince her not to run uh, for uh, Senate and that uh, there could be a financial arrangement inuring to her benefit if she Walked away from the race and waited a couple of years. Um, There's a lot to say about it. I will say this right now. Um, You should listen to it. And uh, there's some sailor talk on there, so just fair warning. But you should listen to it. And it makes Carrie Lake look really strong and really good. It's not about the money. It's about the country, she said. It says a lot about her character. It'd be a great 
bumper sticker campaign theme for her. You heard the tape, huh? Mm-hmm. It does say a lot about her, doesn't it? It does. It's not. A, isn't that a quote from hers in the tape? It's not about the money. It's about, about the, saving country. the country. Yeah, yeah. it's about if, saving the country. If the tape turns out to be true, and yeah. it, uh, all indications indicate that yeah. it is true, yeah. it says a whole lot about who she is sure behind does. closed doors. Sure does. That's that's a very good point, David. Um, I I I don't know about that long. Long, um, long living quote: "Characters who you are when no one's looking." Um, it has its truths and it doesn't. I think character is um, how you behave in a lot of different circumstances, but to the degree that it's evidenced from how you are behind closed doors. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, it's it's going to be a big boost. You know, it's related to her. And it will have, I think, some pretty strong implications for the state committee meeting, the mandatory state party meeting that will be taking place this Saturday. Are you going to go to that? I don't know anything about it. Um, I heard it was happening. Yeah. Would you like to take me? Well, I'm going to go um, because I'm going to stand with our good buddy uh, Zudi Jasser, who's right running on. for Congress. And um, I'm going to go and be with him at his table with a bunch of our friends. So if you want to meet us there, we'll be there. You can walk around and meet there are people. Tables? It's like a convention? It's like that. Oh, kind of like an expo, if you will, before the I, meeting I, I'm, starts. I'm not yet a PC, though. Will you don't have to be. You do to go in. You have to be a state community to go in. But to be at the outside part where the expo is, where the tables are, you'll meet a lot of candidates. You, you'd love it, dude. You should plan on going. Uh-huh. I think you should go. Can you get yourself up early Saturday morning? Up early? I can't even get myself up What time up do you wake up on a, on a Saturday morning? What time um, do you wake up? It I depends on the day. Well, if you get there by the 7.45, you'll be what I have to do. Last Saturday, I was up early because I got to experience if a you, walking tour. If Phoenix. you get there at 7.45, you'll be in good shape. Okay. Yeah. Well, 7.45. Yeah, I'll be there bright and early. early. So yeah. go and say hi. Come over to the Zooty Jasser table and... Yeah, Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Thank you, young David. Uh, Yeah, the taping says, the recording says a lot uh, about Carrie's character. Um, And it's the biggest story really in politics right now in Arizona, which raises an interesting question. You know, how long will it take? (laughs) How long will it take for AZ Central to put up something about it? You know, they do have a website. And... uh, (laughs) It it just shouldn't take that long. It shouldn't take that long. The story has been out for a few hours now. It even started to break last night. And um, I don't know. Are they, are they going to print anything that makes her look good? It would be an interesting test. Because there's a lot of implications that come from that taping. But the one implication that is more is ex- an explication, the one explicit thing from it, is how good it makes her look. Um, so check that out. Um, and and I'm, I'm just dying to see what the AZ Central does with it. I'm just dying to see what the rest of the liberal press does with it. I mean, this is really in real time. This is an interesting thing. Whatever you want about Carrie's politics or whatever, <laughs> if there's going to be a story on it and it's confined to the story about it, there is literally... Nothing negative you can say except, you know, so maybe the language is a little salty, but that makes sense given the context, I guess. But, you know, there is nothing you can say about it negative about her. Maybe that – am I wrong, young David? 
I mean, there's really nothing in there that that you could say about her that is that is negative. No, she doesn't say anything. Badly. Nothing. Not a thing. Yeah, there's Not some expletives, but yeah. Uh, well, I mean, given again behind yeah. closed doors, uh, but she doesn't do anything out of character or in bad faith. Expletives are something uh, I need to work on. Um, Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you, <laughs> you hear me off air. FCC is gonna no, gonna not come on air. On your door, not on air, but off air. <laughs> so huh? Something I need to work on. I do, don't I? Someone pointed out to me. A friend of mine that was at dinner with me the other night said, "I don't remember ever hearing you cuss." Before. I need to work on it. It's not good, and I don't do it that much. Do you we'll hear talk me cuss? To the rabbi about this if he's with us on Friday? Yeah. Do we need to? Maybe. Bear Get my some soul. Spiritual intervention. All right. Yes. I mean, I, I I am aware that I need to do a little better job on that. I need to do a little better job on that. Have you heard me cuss a lot? I don't cuss a lot. Only uh, in the company of good friends. What's the old joke? <laughs> Pardon the uh, – yes, thank you. The, what's, <laughs> what's the old joke about uh, the only time the word God was heard at the Unitarian Church was when the janitor hit his thumb with the hammer? Oh, <laughs> Have know, you ever heard know, that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't mean to pick on the Unitarians. You could do it with a lot of Jewish temples, too. All right. Uh, it relates to something Steve from Tempe said a minute ago that I wrote down in the previous segment, in the previous hour. He said about Donald Trump, like him or not. Do you hear that expression? And you hear it a lot about politicians, like him or not, like her or not, da 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 how new is that expression when it comes to our political leaders that we need to use it as a um, as a departing point to get to a discussion about policy? It's interesting. It never used to be a measurement of someone like him or not. Think about people who ran against each other. Goldwater Johnson, who was more likable? I don't know. I don't know. Uh Ford v. Carter, who was more likable? I don't know. I, I don't know. Reagan or Carter, who was more likable? I don't know. Reagan or Mondale, seemingly both really likable guys. You see my point? Do you see my point a little bit? Since when did liking the person have anything to do with the price of tea in D.C. or China or anywhere? Why do we even talk that way? It's an interesting triumph of the therapeutic in this society. We can say more about that or anything else you want. 602-508-0960. We're here for you. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio, which is brought to you by the veteran-known Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Let's go to Joshua in Gilbert. Hello, Joshua. Hey, Seth. Thanks for taking the call. You bet. Um... I happened to be off yesterday. Uh, I listened to Charlie Kirk real briefly, and he was just making sure that, you know, we don't get too over our, you know, uh, too confident because, um, you know, I know a lot of things seem to be swinging more Trump's way right now, but um, he did make mention of just the ground game, and a lot of these swing states seem to be really not even close to where they need to be. And it kind of made me think of a, some polls that came out last week that looked great for Trump. And in one of these polls, it said that like a majority of independents would vote for Trump unless he was found guilty of a felony. Then, like, apparently they wouldn't vote for him. Okay. So my question is, is like juries get things wrong all the time. Yeah. I mean, O.J. Simpson went <laughs> free. So, like, I don't know. 
I don't know why we all this. I, I'm I'm just saying like yeah. it's just more of a comment. Like, yeah, so yeah. It just seems like it like I guess that's their like that's what they're trying to do. I don't know where the state of these trials are, but like all of these locales are ridiculously biased. <laughs> so I don't know. I just think that's kind of goofy. Um, and it does. And Charlie Kirk's point is very evident. Like, you know, we're still kind of just hoping, I guess that we're just going to get enough people to vote. No, no, it. no, it's a good warning. I mean, never rest on laurels. Uh, I'll never forget in 2000 when Karl Rove made the decision that Bush didn't need to spend that last extra day in Florida. Uh, how'd that work out? Well, 5-4 <laughs> is how that worked out. That's what made George Bush president. I never understood what Karl Rove was known as the architect, you know? Throwing a presidential election to the Supreme Court isn't exactly isn't isn't exactly uh, great architect work, is it? Um, but I take yeah. your point, and I take Charlie's um, that this is going to be hard work. Think about what we're what we're up against, regardless of the juries. Think about what we're up against. Uh, with regard to media journalism, education, big business, uh, or at least the corporate um, the corporate structures of, of of most of America, you think about what we're up against. Um, yeah, I it, think about what we were up against in 2016. I mean, it's it's fair to say, and it doesn't matter, but it is fair to point out, um, Trump didn't win the popular vote in 2016. It's not how we run elections here, so it didn't matter. But it is indicative that you know we have we have a heavy lift and i think conservatives and republicans in this country regardless of these uh pending uh cases are always treated like the away team always treated like we we have to work extra hard we have to work extra hard and the democrats never sleep they never stop they never rest they just don't and we can't either the stakes are way too high now i don't know what people think about if a candidate becomes convicted or not um i i I do think i know i you know if i'm wrong i'll let a criminal lawyer tell me if i am some of the rhetoric around well what would it mean to have your candidate behind bars he's not going to be behind bars okay let's stop with that notion you're not putting a president in prison population an ex-president that's not going to happen um so let's stop with some of this rhetoric that raises these specters beyond where they need to be but you raise a you raise a consideration about independence and i could see that independence would be swayed by that and you know, I'm glad Charlie pointed it out because it, what it means is, you know, this was a Democratic Party strategy all the time. Step back and tell me, Joshua, you're obviously a well-informed person just by dint of the fact that you listen to talk radio and and so forth. You're, you know, you're at the at the other side of the bell curve on political uh, knowledge, obviously, or current events at least. And you tell me what what the greatest crime is that Donald Trump is being accused of. It takes a minute, is my point. It takes a minute to think it through. I think I'm right, aren't I? Yeah, it takes a moment. Well, let's see. What is he indicted for? Let's see. There was, uh, yeah, well, let's see. Classified documents and, uh, yeah, some, maybe some something having to do with... Oh, dude, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Insurrection, insurrection and classified doc. I mean, all of these indictments really... If if it is the classified documents, then Biden's got the same issue. 
and this insurrection stuff has been played to a fairly well by the Democrats. I mean, it's not that we can convince independents to vote for Trump, whether he's convicted or not. It's that we have to do a pretty good job of pointing out how political these indictments are. That's what our job is, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're right. I just, I mean, man, it, it would be amazing if you were, I think it would be a bigger middle finger than when he was <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just the state of the the state of the world, the state of the nation. It's just like it just kind of sucks when you're thinking here. Geez, we really need Donald Trump to come in and save us. <laughs> you know? Well, I know. Think about that. I mean, think about how hard things have gotten in this country. How difficult. How strong the left has become. That you kind of need the gin bottle thrown through the window, don't you? At this point. You kind of need that. Um, that's a phrase David Galerter once used, professor at Yale. He's kind of the, the the empty gin bottle thrown through the thrown through the uh, thrown through the glass window of the of the of the creaking building. And that's you know when you think about what the left is. I did a monologue the other day. I'm going to pull it up during the break. I did a monologue the other day about why people like you and I don't care about these indictments um, and why I think most reasonable people don't care about these indictments and why they don't care about the Washington Post's 30,000 lies that Donald Trump supposedly told and that sort of thing. It's because of what the left is doing to America in our education system, K-12, through higher education, I mean, it's that we don't like being called racists when we know we're not. We don't like being called white supremacists when we know we're not. We don't like the misuse of history like that to be brought down upon our heads for having a different view of taxes and immigration. We kind of believe America should be a country. Strange that. We think America should be a country, and thus we want to protect borders like every other sane country does. You know, how, when, when, once came this notion that to support immigration rules and have a border makes you a racist. When did that happen? Uh, is Joe Biden not trying to help save a country whose borders were erased by Russia? I mean, when did it become a notion that that automatically makes you someone who hates other people? Um, especially when you yourself have a record of marrying immigrants, as Donald Trump does. I, I mean, yeah. this is why we don't care about that stuff. But you're right. We have to be prepared for how the left will weaponize it, particularly in the mind of the independent voter. You're right, Josh. Yeah. Joshua, you're right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Stay close and call again. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, portions of which are brought to you by the Midas Gold Group. They told me the U.S. government and the Fed will have no choice but to eventually steer interest rates lower because if they don't, the current level of interest rates will bankrupt the nation. And there's no telling when the dam will break, but when it does, Midas wants to make sure you have flood insurance, in this case, gold. Call Midas Gold Group now. Look into the opportunities gold can provide you as a way to diversify your investments. Call 480 480- Three six zero three thousand. Or go to midasgoldgroup.com. Midas Gold Group is the nation's number one veteran-owned gold IRA firm. Protect your assets. Call four eight zero three six zero three thousand. That's four eight zero three six zero three thousand. Midas Gold Group, always faithful. Midasgoldgroup.com. 
so many things I wanted to talk to you about, David, but I said I'd do this monologue um, with Joshua. Um, but you know what? I'll let me, Let's let the audience catch up with you and we'll get to it. Why we don't care. I'll give it to you in a minute. I wrote things down that we need to catch up with you on. We took care of Trader Joe's. Cooking. You have an Instagram page. Yes. Answer the call with doll. Answer the call with doll. That's my Instagram page. And you cooked something that looked really cool. You want to tell us what it was? Your most sort recent? of a mid-century depression era meat and potatoes dish. It wasn't very visually appealing. I thought it, it was. Taste great. No, you do a great job with that knife and the chopping. That's my favorite part of your. Oh videos. yeah, when I just go whack. I love it when yes. you do that. So you make these cooking videos on Instagram. People should check it out. They're really fun. Mm-hmm. Answer the call with doll. I wanna. I was playing with some friends. If I open a bar with them, I want to call it um, the Dirty Hearth. Okay. Or the we'll fireplace. Well, one. the fireplace will always be going burning with real wood. Yeah. I don't care yeah. about no burn real days. Wood? In real wood. Arizona. Yeah. Real wood. Oh yeah. I don't care about <laughs> no burn days. And we're gonna serve food like you cooked. You will be our chef. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah. I I will uh, I I will attempt to uh, give bar food a new wrap. What was in there? Bring a bring a new wrap to bar food. What was in there? A pound of ground beef. Yeah. Two potatoes. Yeah. A small onion. A red bell pepper, and a lot of spices. Yeah. And it's sort of a, I guess you could say a late depression era meal. Maybe more. You know, beef was in there. So more of the. Uh, prosperity of the late 40s and early 50s but again simple american cooking it reminded me of my growing up in the midwest it looks fabulous and uh i i i I captioned that video i said anytime anybody said meat and potatoes in the midwest you knew it was going to be a good time of course so i put some cheese on it but you know something like that could be blended with almost any carb pieces of bread uh, pasta probably if you were crazy you could do anything with it there are certain foods that anytime you say them you know it's going to be good Barbecue is one of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ribs is one of them. Oh, yeah. It's hard to make bad anything barbecued or ribs. Now you got me hungry. Yeah. Now you got me hungry. All I had was a bunch of greens for lunch. Yeah, you did. No, you didn't. You violated the cardinal rule around here. Uh, I talked to the suits upstairs about it. Apparently. And said, can we send a memo around, please? If you're going to eat fish, do it for breakfast or dinner. Who eats fish for breakfast unless you live in, like, rural New England? Obviously, you've never heard of lox and bagels. Yes, but that's more of a brunch thing. No, it isn't. Who gets up at the crack of dawn and has lox and bagels? Oh, I don't know. A little group of people you may have heard of called New Yorkers. New Yorkers, yeah. Never been there. It probably doesn't exist, just like Finland. (laughs) Why we don't care about these indictments, why we don't care about what the New York Times says, why we don't care about something a talk radio host said that may sound extreme or described as thuggery by a newspaper, why we don't care that an anti-abortion statute may have flaws on its margins, why we don't care that not every policeman acts like Mother Teresa, why we don't care that fill in the blank about that which we are supposed to care a whole lot about Because the New York Times or the Washington Post or Michelle Obama or Joy Reid or Joe Biden or someone on CNN or some professor here or there or another host at a major network says we should care about it. The reason is fairly simple. 
I'll get into it more on the other side of this break, but it's from an old legal doctrine, ex dolo malo non oritur actio, unclean hands doctrine, or no duty of action can can arise if it's based on fraud. We'll explain why we don't care about your bleating when we come back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. I was trying to uh, reprise my point about hair, about these hand ringers at the Washington Post, CNN network and cable that are all telling us we really can't vote for Donald Trump. We really can't be. Look at what the Republican Party stands for. Oh, my gosh, you might be running someone who is indicted. We don't care because of an old legal doctrine, ex dolo malo non oritor actio. No duty of action arises when it's based on fraud. We don't care because every allegation from those self-satisfied, self-considered, morally superior, supercilious adjunct instructors of public ethics themselves have unclean hands, much dirtier than those about whom we are supposed to be holding in high dudgeon. This week we were supposed to care about, or last week we were supposed to care about political violence and Donald Trump and his movement being a threat to democracy. This is from a movement that has allowed and promoted the effort of unelected officials, some without law degrees, to declare Donald Trump guilty of an ex post facto crime or a bill of attainder, take your pick, both forbidden by the Constitution, in no court of criminal law to disqualify him from running for president. They're the ones lecturing us about democracy being a being at threat with Republicans, as they cite to a state's right to do that, as they lecture us that states should not be in charge of elections. That's why we don't care. This from a movement that cannot show one unconstitutional or anti-democratic policy that emanated from the Trump presidency other than their ideological disagreement with it. Policies that are fairly standard conservative fare promoted by everyone from Barry Goldwater to William Buckley to Ronald Reagan. This from a movement, to borrow from Barton Swaim at the Wall Street Journal, that attempted to end Trump's presidency by falsely claiming he'd conspired with Russia from a movement that proposes to pack the Supreme Court and add states to the union merely to add Senate seats, from a movement that hosted the campaign to smear Brett Kavanaugh, from a movement that bore the false claim by 51 former intelligence officials that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, from a movement that long ago, disagreeing with the judicial opinions of conservative judges, in some cases scholarly giants, said they supported segregated lunch counters and back alley abortions in order to scuttle their nominations to the court. Threat to democracy? From a movement that battered and bribed social media companies not to air politically dissenting opinions? Threat to democracy from a movement that supported race riots, even going so far as to call them mostly peaceful as 14,000 people were arrested, buildings including police precincts, federal court buildings firebombed, 30 people killed. From a movement whose Speaker of the House, when asked about one such riot, said people will do what people will do. From a movement whose champion and later vice president said these actions should not stop. From a movement whose founders were self-declared Marxists? 
Pardon us for thinking that was and is a far dirtier threat to democracy and call to political violence than what we are supposed to be concerned about because 1,200 people were arrested for breaking and entering a federal building with no weapons and disturbing a vote-counting procedure that concluded by day's end on one day. Threat to democracy? How did David Gilernter put it, as I mentioned earlier? Did we invite the federal bureaucracy to take charge of school bathrooms? Must have missed that meeting. The schools are corrupt and the universities rotten to the core, and everyone has known it since the 1980s. But if people showed up at school board meetings to object, they were deemed political terrorists and threatened by the FBI. If they raised these points in the colleges or universities, they were called racists. That's why we're not taking lecturing from them. Insensitive, genderphobic, you tell me what movement wants to literally change the sex of children based on the wisdom of 10-year-olds and hide those decisions from parents. And who truly has a mental disturbance? You tell me, racists? From a movement that seems to care only about race as a qualification for a job? We're the racists? Whether the job be a college presidency, a country's vice presidency, a seat on the Supreme Court, or the pilots of United Airlines? We're the racists? Abortion? We are supposed to care about exceptional cases that fall through the cracks of general laws, but don't because we've been lied to about abortion for nearly 50 years, that it doesn't take place at late stages, that it isn't used as a method for birth control, that it has no health effects on the mother, that it is a rare procedure, that it doesn't affect more than one life, that a growing baby or fetus or whatever euphemism the movement wants to use in order to desensitize the population about the procedure, we're told none of that is a life and none of that is taking place. Gaza, we're supposed to care that an American ally is using a heavy hand, but we don't because we are sensitive and sensitized to knowing no other kind of hand will stop literal civilizational abuse and far more promiscuous and indiscriminate slaughter of innocents because the theoretical was proven by the actual from a culture that finds almost no dissent in a world that is happy to watch or support or turn a blind eye toward medieval behavior with rape as a weapon of war so long as it can justify itself based on ancient hatreds rooted in historical lies deployed as politics by other means that were to prevail would sink the world into something more primeval than darkness, something it took thousands of years of civilization to overcome in the first place. In other words, we don't treat Genghis Khan's and Caligula's and Adolf Hitler's as Winston Churchill's or even as Al Capone's. Not in a sane world that has a modicum of understanding of just war theory, or even justice, or civility, or civilization. Anti-science? Existential threats? Sorry, we're a little better than thinking a 20-something Swedish child coddled by every adult and never told she was wrong about anything, or a 30-something self-declared socialist from the Bronx warning us about existential destruction coming, should we not radically change our lives? Because we've been told that for decades by others far more credentialed as they keep shifting the deadlines, as they keep being proven untrustworthy and unwilling to live up to the lower standards they want us to live by. Anti-science, irresponsible and callous toward the health of others? Who said, remind me, that anyone who presided over 220,000 deaths was unqualified to be president, while the person who said it presided over at least three times that amount? Remind me. Who said if you are vaccinated, you won't get sick, you won't transmit the virus, you won't die, and you won't get hospitalized? And what party censored those that questioned those very statements? Unstable leadership that plunges us into war and more violence? Tell the Crimeans. 
Tell the Ukrainians and the Syrians and the victims of ISIS. Their slaughters came from and during the leadership of those who warn us about Donald Trump's recklessness. Not on Donald Trump's watch. Maybe, maybe, maybe now. Maybe. When you say all these things about threats to democracy and anti-science and anti-woman and anti-life, when you say all these things again and again and again, expecting us to really, really care, you can begin to understand why we don't. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Y-Refi. It's a heck of a great investment in a secure and collateralized portfolio where you are invested with a lot of choice and flexibility. There are absolutely no fees. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it. There is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. Of course, you get monthly statement, no surprises. And you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return with Y-Refi. Guess what? It's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y.com. Or call 888-Y-REFI-24. 888-Y-REFI-24. What is this... um, Nonsense you're saying about not coming to the political party event on Saturday morning? It just occurred to me that I'm going to be out late Friday night, perhaps even early into the wee small hours. Wearing a dress. That's not a dress. That's a kilt. That's a kilt. And I'd like to thank my new friends at Kilt Rental USA in Scottsdale. You're going to a Robert Burns party. Robert on Friday night, and That's it's correct. keeping you from going to an important political meeting where you'll get to meet and hobnob with everyone you want to meet and hobnob with to celebrate someone who writes such things as We Sleek It, Cowan, Timorous Beastie, Oh, What a Panic's in Thy Breastie, Thou Need Now Swart Us, Say Hasty, We Bickering Brattle. That is what you're celebrating, Robert Burns? I don't know what brattle you I don't know said. what any of that is, but that's However, what you're celebrating. I, am, I have been designated. I am supposed to give the Burns Immortal Address a tribute to his immortal memory. It's like the keynote address of the evening. I have to write some 1,300 words. I'll write it for you. You want to write it for me? It's nice to be here in a dress. I'm sorry we're not able to eat normal food, (laughs) but I'm glad to be here because it's keeping me from doing political work on Saturday where I get to meet all my friends and heroes and new people. Would you imply that I am not supposed to imbibe in the Do whatever you want. Friday night is Friday night. Saturday's the state party meeting. You should be there. But what if my Saturday starts at 1 a.m.? Oh, you'll be a little tired. Oh, is this what the men said at Valley Forge? What if we were up a little late the night before? I'm up at 4.30 a.m. at the latest but you go every to morning. at 8. I do not. That's what this, this I, that is a that is, that is a slander on my character. A slander on your character, yeah. which you will have to live with. Well, it's certainly... It's certainly do I? No, I guess not. You have 28 seconds I, to refute I, it. No, I just... Have your fun Friday night and Saturday morning. Join us for what's important. Give me the info. <laughs> 7.45. Where? It's on the AZ website. Dream Center Church. Dream Cities Church. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.